Good morning. It is so good to be with you and a happy Mother's Day to all. If you're joining us online or if you are here in person, um, as Pastor Roy has already mentioned, as our front greeters have already mentioned, moms, you're pretty special. You're pretty significant. You have played such significant roles uh, in our lives that, that honestly, I don't think there's enough words in the human language to convey exactly how much you mean to us and what you've actually given to us in ways that, that honestly, we, we really can't ever repay. We really can't ever repay. And I know that you're not necessarily looking for it, but I just want you to know uh, whether you are biological, adopted, um, stepmother, I mean, any, anything in regard, maybe you have mothered somebody. It's, it's in you. Like Pastor, Roy's, Pastor Roy already said, I want you to know you are so valuable. And I just want to pause and just, just tell you, if you don't think that, then, uh, then you don't understand how God's created you. You're significant, and you have meant so much to us and so many others um, around the world and for all time. And we're going to look at that this morning, looking at moms. So moms, listen, I, I know that you have given a lot. You've given um, sleepless nights. You've given us those sleepless nights, okay? Uh, you have uh, given science projects. You have given your time uh, for all the children in here. That Mom has given you money that Dad didn't know about, okay? All right? Um, and uh, uh, Mom, you have given us carpool rides, and you have given us uh, incredible dating advice that we didn't always take. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we didn't always take that. Um, and uh, you've also given us spaces and places, and you've given us freedom to fail, and it's okay, and I'm so grateful for that. You're also very famous. Do you know that? You're famous around the world. Um, you're, you are famous in every hospital and ER from here to New York, okay? I mean, just moms, we know. They, they know you by, by name because you bring the kids in all the time. I mean, you're, you're well known by, uh, by every lost division office in every theme park around the world, Okay? All right, where's my kid? Is, is he lost? You know, the lost child syndrome, okay? Um, you're known by every prayer hotline around the world, too. Listen, just please pray for my child. You know, I mean, my mom is definitely, she's involved in a lot of those. Uh, you're uh, known by every lifeguard on the beach, right? Uh, can you just, um, is this safe? My son's a little far out. You know, I mean, like, we just, moms, it's in you. And can I just say, we love it. We love it. You, you have given so much, you are known for so much, you have been significant in so many ways. It seems like you are the busiest one on the planet sometimes, but it's also sometimes the most thankless job. We know that, but you still do it anyway. You still do it anyway. Mothers, I'm sure you already know, but I can't even begin to say how much of an impact you've made on the lives, lives of each of your children. You really have. And you may not know it on this side of heaven, but I promise you what you do is significant and it matters in so many, so many ways. Um, I'm a recipient of a mom who just never gave up, who was constantly mom. And even, even at times when I didn't want it, hear me, even at times when I hated it, she still brought 
She still brought it. She's still 100% of herself. She's like, you just have to love me where I'm at, Joel. Okay, all right, I'm going to do that. And, uh, and I'm so thankful that she did. You know, there's a lot of significant moms in the Bible. And, uh, and God says a lot about moms. And, you know, I, I began to think and, and pray about Mother's Day, you know, 2022, and, and, and how, where, where God wanted to go this morning and what he wanted to say that was significant about mothers. And, and he actually led me to this one mom in the Bible. And it's found in Luke chapter 1. And we're going to spend a little bit of time. And, and this, this mother that many of you probably already know, her name was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth um, was, um, if you don't know the story, I'll, let me just kind of give you a background before we look at the passage. As I began to look at this mom, there was, there was something significant that God brought out of these four verses that we're going to look at here this morning. Something I've, I've read it before over and over, but I just never saw. Have you ever read something in the Bible and you just, you've seen it so many times and some of you may even have it memorized, but you just never saw it. All of a sudden it was like unlocked and you're like, you have this aha moment like, wow, I never saw that. And there was this moment here as I'm reading about this incredible mother named Elizabeth. So let me give you the background about Elizabeth. If you don't know, Elizabeth and Zechariah were the parents of John the Baptist. So Zechariah was a priest and he was doing priestly duties one day. And while he was in the temple doing these priestly duties, an angel of the Lord came to Zechariah and, and, uh, and Zechariah was kind of freaked out. And, and he basically said, hey, you and Elizabeth, because Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren. They, had, they, they couldn't have any children and they were late on in their years. And so that day kind of in their mind had already passed. And so Zechariah's kind of going, um, interacting with this angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, hey, um, you're going to have a child. And you're going to name him John. And so Zechariah kind of smirks and he kind of laughs within himself and almost kind of like, sure, sure, that, yeah, that, that, that's going to happen, right? And, uh, and, and so all of a sudden the angel of the Lord's like, oh, okay, you are going to have a child. His name is going to be John. And and, uh, and we'll go ahead, and since you didn't believe me, we'll go ahead and take your voice until the pregnancy's done. How about that? Feel good about that now? Yeah, there we go, all right? Angel of the Lord can do stuff like that. So, uh, uh, so he couldn't speak. He comes out of the temple, he can't speak, and uh, they realized there was this, this significant interaction that, uh, that happened in the temple while he was doing this. Well, he runs home, he, uh, and, and Zechariah and Elizabeth, they conceive a child. And in the nonverbal way that, John, uh, that Zechariah could, he kind of communicated all that kind of went on with uh, the angel of the Lord and him and how his name was going to be John. And, and basically, Elizabeth begins to hear how their son is going to be a significant front runner for the Messiah. A significant, there's a, there's a plan that God has for John the Baptist. There's a plan for her child. There's a purpose for her child. There's, there's all these things laid out for her child, and she holds those really near and dear to her heart, just like mothers do. When you think about your children, you're, you're thinking about what they will do, what they'll be a part of, so you can, you can kind of see Elizabeth kind of, kind of setting in this, like, wow, God, you have such a plan for, for our boy, such a plan for our 
child. Well, the day comes, and that's where I want to pick up. In Luke chapter 1, I want to look at this incredible story about Elizabeth's response following the birth of her son. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 57. If you don't have your Bible, it's going to be up here on the screen. Let's see what God does in and through Elizabeth in this moment. Verse 57, it says this. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. Moms, that's a significant moment, right? I mean, when you're in there and that child comes and you hear that first cry, and especially for someone that was unable to have children, especially during the Jewish, in the Jewish culture, that was almost seen, kind of looked down upon if you were unable to bear a child. So you can imagine the significant moment that was happening here. And then it says in verse 58, it says, and when her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced. I mean, she, everyone was just shouting because someone that didn't have a child now has a child. God poured mercy and favor on her and gave her this significant opportunity to have a biological baby boy. Verse 59, it says, when the baby was eight days old, they all came, all, uh, I mean, friends, relatives, let's just say the world, okay? Because that's what happens when a baby's birth. The world shows up. Like everybody, like whether you invite them or not, which is kind of weird sometimes, like, okay, we'll call you in, you know? And um, when the baby was eight days old, the world, all of them, came for the circumcision ceremony. They, want, they wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. And verse 60, this is, this is where, this is the part I never really saw before. But Elizabeth said, no. Exclamation point. His name is John. This whole town shows up. The world shows up. And think about it. The, the world has an idea of what they want your child to be, right? Don't they? I mean, if you, if you don't already know, mom, dad, if you choose to abandon your responsibility of teaching and training and discipling your kids, I promise you, there is a whole world out there that will love to take your place. They'll look forward to it. Oh, yeah, we've got an incredible identity we'd love to put over your child. We have an incredible name we'd love to give your child. We have an incredible plan for your child. We have an incredible purpose for your child. This is what the world does. And notice it says here in verse 59, it says, they, they being who? Everyone else. They wanted to name him Zechariah. Now, traditionally speaking, they would normally name the child after the father. So that wasn't necessarily uncommon, but I just think it's interesting. Mom and dad aren't involved in that part right there. And the world doesn't usually ask permission to incorporate what they think a child ought to be, who they think a child should be. They, they, just, they just apply it. Yeah, we'll give you your child their identity. So, so think of it this way. The world is saying, we want to name your child this. It's like they're speaking identity over this child, this significant moment. 
And his name's going to be Zechariah, but then here you go, moms. I love it. I love this part. But Elizabeth, knowing, knowing, oh, oh no. Oh, no. I, I know the plan that my God has for my child. No, I, I know the purpose that God has for my child. I know the significance that, and, and everything that God wants to do in and through my child. It was almost like, no world, you cannot have my child. Moms, this is what you do. Can you hear, can you hear Elizabeth in this moment going, oh, oh no, no, I mean, like, I mean, even with attitude, no, 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 as moms can do, right? Put that, at, that mom attitude, that, that signi- a mama bear's coming out, okay? N- no. And children, you know what, you, you've heard this no before, hey, no, you can't go out tonight, right? There's a lot of, there's reminiscent no's and nostalgic no's that we can, no, you are not going to hang out with those friends. No, uh, this relationship really is unhealthy for you. No, you should probably be home two hours early. You know, like there's these moments and you know what moms, can I just say, like, like Elizabeth, man, you're fighting for the heart and soul of that child. Aren't you? Like this, no, that's not, that's not his name. That's not who he's going to be. That's not who she's going to be. No, God has a, a better plan, a better design, a better path for him to follow. And I, nothing is going to stand in my way. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how strong you are. So my mom took all of her boys to the beach one day. And, uh, and, you know, if you've ever been to the beach, you know, there's this a moment, all, all my brothers and I were down there, and this is when we were really young. Uh, Nathan and I, my twin brother and I, we were like these little blonde-haired, toe-head kids, and we're playing in the water, and, and there was a lot of people on the beach, and, and my mom is kind of in, uh, she came with her, my aunt, her sister, and they're up there, and they're in perch mode. They're like this. They're like, they're like checking things. They're all vigilant, and they're like owl heads on a swivel, you know what I'm saying? And and they're just observing everything. Well, my mom turns to her sister and they interact for a second. Well, all of a sudden she turns around and she sees this guy. And you know what this guy is doing? Picking up two blonde-haired little boys and like dunking them in the water. So all of a sudden, I mean, you, you feel it, mom, I know. I, they're like, oh no. So she's standing, you know, she's taking her earrings off and she's, hey, hey hold this. And she's like marching down. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, she is just, there's not, I don't care how big. And so my mom is just, just the yelling. She's like, what in the, that's my child. And, you know, all these things are coming out. And I think she made, maintained most of her testimony. I don't know. I'm not sure. And she's heading down there and, and uh, she gets close and she's like, I cannot believe this guy. He doesn't even know my child. Finally, she gets close. She's about like, four or five feet away, and she's just yelling. All of a sudden, this man turns around, and she looks at these boys, and she realizes those aren't her boys. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she goes, I'm sorry. Okay, have a good one, you know? And then she turns around, and she walks back up the beach or whatever. And so my brothers and I, who were observing this whole thing, were like, what is happening right now? We don't even know. 
You know, and so my mom explained it to us later, and I'm like, she's like, I did not care how big or how strong that guy was. Like, there's mama bear strength, and I will destroy you. I mean, it was like this moment. And moms, listen, it's in you. It is. You're fighting for hearts. You're fighting for souls. You're fighting for the well-being of every child that God brings across your path, and it's significant. We need, we need moms to stand up in the gap and go, oh, no, 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 this, it's not, no, that's, that's not the path. That's not the journey. That's not the identity of my child. World, you have no right, and in the name of Jesus, you will never have the right to speak life and purpose and a plan and principle and teach them and train them in the ways of Jesus Christ for a lifetime. Mom, you do that. And it's significant. You know, God has an incredible plan for moms. A significant plan for moms. You disciple and you teach and you ferociously love even the unlovable child. God commissioned you. You realize that? God commissioned moms. He commissioned you. He had an incredible plan, plan A, and you're a part of it. You were a part of the plan that God designed from the very beginning of time. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. This is... This is what it says. It says, so God created human beings in his own image, mind, body, spirit. In the image of God, the Imago Dei, um, he created them, male and female. Two categories, only two categories that are mentioned, okay? Male and female, he created them. Then, then God blessed them. And he said, Hey, parents, dads, moms, here's your commissioning. Here's your calling. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Moms, do you realize you've been commissioned by the God of the universe to step into the role that you are in? Every time you consummate that marriage and you bring new life into this world, you are being fully obedient to the calling and the commission that God himself has offered to you as parents. Do you realize that you are, you are partaking in the creative order? You are, you are being a, um, you are part of God's creation when you bring someone else that is, that is an image bearer of the most high God into this world. And it's a significant job. It's a hard job, but it's a significant job. You are spreading just by, guess what? Just by rearing children and raising children, moms, you are part of God's creative design and it's holy and it's valuable and it's significant in so many ways. But then he also says, fill the earth. And I know Roy, Pastor Roy already said this, but 
I'll be honest with you, moms, you fill this earth with all kinds of good stuff. Incredible stuff. I mean, my dad said, if I didn't marry your mother, and this probably can be an echo from most of the men in this room, if I didn't marry your mother, I would be a, a hermit and a millionaire. I'm not wrong. But because of you moms, you fill like my dad and fill all of us husbands and children with all kinds of adventures. And you spend all kinds of money to help make that happen. And you know what? He, my dad and all my brothers and I, we laugh at you like, we would not have the laughter in our family that we would without you. We would not see every national park along our vacation without you. Every museum without you. Every largest rubber band ball on the planet without you. You bring incredible adventures and victory and, and joy and laughter in our lives. And even though in the moment we resent it, all of a sudden later on in life, you're like, I'm so thankful I had the mom I did. I got to see so many things. See, again, like you know, guy's goal is, is the best gas mileage from point A to point B, right? That's our goal. Like as fast as possible. Moms, not so much. Like my, at least my mom, she's like, point A to point now, now let's go like point J and D. And like, this is how we go on the map. This is our trip, okay? This is our vacation. And all my brothers are like, are you kidding me? But we saw the world. We saw incredible things, beautiful things. Mom introduced such beauty into our lives. God bless moms who fill the earth with such life and such joy. God not only commissioned moms, but he also crafted moms. You know, he hardwired you in a significant way, like a really significant way. He hardwired you to function in a certain way. The things that just come out of you are not an accident. Do you realize that a woman's greatest need is love? And we're going to talk about that when we dive back into Ephesians um, next weekend, but but understand, your greatest need is love. That's why, that's why God tells men, husbands, love your wives. See, but there's another reason why, and you need to understand this. The reason why your greatest need is love is because it is part of you without even trying. See, my, my, my children all know, and a bunch of my nieces and nephews all know this as well, if my children ever got lost and they could not find a police officer or a fireman or some, some sort of official that they were supposed to find a family, a mother specifically, with children. You know why? Because I'll tell you right now, moms, if a little child comes up to you and says, I'm lost and I can't find, what are you doing? You come right in here. I'm going to take you. You don't even have to think about it. And everything in you is going to almost treat that child like your own until that child finds safety. It's just in you. You're just, it's hardwired in you to do that, to make sure that that child is safe and cared for and protected and 
Like God designed you this way. There's a conversation between a mother and a son at the beginning of Proverbs 31. Now, many people think that it's Solomon, King Solomon, and Bathsheba because they use different names, but scholars aren't totally sure. Regardless, it's a, it's a Jewish mom and a, and a child, and she's teaching this child a couple significant things about life. Because you know why, moms? Moms, listen, it's hardwired in you to teach, to train, to protect, to disciple. You are part of the primary disciple makers on the planet to help raise these children a specific way. This is what this interaction, this is what this mother is trying to communicate to her son. Proverbs 31, starting in verse three, says this. It says, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. Can you hear, mom? Uh, That's not a good relationship. No, no, that's gonna hurt you, okay? I see her. Jezebel. All right. um, (laughs) Don't hang out with that woman. I mean, this is, she's, she's like, guard your relationships. Be really careful. Mom, don't stop guarding your children about relationships. This mother's doing it centuries ago, and we need to be doing it today. You know why? Because God is calling you, hardwired you to teach and train and equip and disciple your children. And then she goes on to say, she's like, it's not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. So let me put it this way. Um, She's basically saying there are things in your life that are going to rob your life. Let's just say it like that. There are things in your life, children, that will take you away from experiencing life and living life, experiencing the fullness of God in your life and walking the the full life that Jesus has in store for you. So, So don't go that path. It's again, it's Elizabeth coming and saying, no, not this way, this way. No, not not. Don't hang out with that. Um, hang out with these and, and don't walk this path. Walk this way. This is, no, not what the world says, what Jesus says. You, you see, moms, you're, you're, in this, you're in this place. And, and again, I know it's hard because you got a lot of children. I was one of them that could care less about what mom was saying at the time. But you know what? Somehow, some way, it got in here. Somehow, some way, that truth you constantly began to banner and it somehow made its way in here. And then he go, she, goes, she goes on to say, she's like, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. And oh, by the way, child, love people. How do you? Where did we learn how to be kind? Usually from our moms, not always. Where did we learn how to share? Share that toy. Moms. Like, see people. See others. It's significant. Like, you're crafted. You're hardwired a certain way. Moms, you are you're put in our lives to help, rem- help, rem- help us remember certain things, help us to remind certain things, to reflect certain things, and actually help to... Re- remove certain things 
Like God uses you to sometimes pry things out of our children's lives that don't need to be there. This mother wasn't trying to be a friend. Moms, hear me. Sometimes we want to be best friends with our children, and I get that. But can I just say, your call to motherhood rises above your friendship. So be a mom first. Don't stop. Call the hard stuff out in your boys and in your girls. Don't stop. Because what you're saying, I promise you, it's, it's finding its way somehow, some way into these deep recesses of our hearts. You are part of God's primary plan, commissioned you, but he's also crafted you to be that primary disciple maker. You are to teach. Proverbs 22 tells us that. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. Some of you already know it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, here's, here, this is hard sometimes. And here's why I know that. It's because sometimes we look at that verse and go, well, God, I upheld my part. You should uphold your part. But I, I know firsthand there's many people in here or online that, uh, that your children are still wayward. And you're still praying for them. But God, I did, I did my part. I, some of you have prodigal children. And you don't know what's happening. You don't know why. And that's hard. But can I just say, look, what you do matters. You planted seeds all along the way. And I promise you, if anything can take root, it's going to be an act of God. And God can redeem all things. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't stop. Please don't. Don't, don't, don't wash your hands of it and be done. Keep going, moms. You're making such incredible, uh, you're doing eternal work in our children's lives. I promise you are. There were countless times that I can recall in my childhood and my teen years that, uh, that I'd hear my mom praying for me and my brothers weeping, like ferociously in the veracity that she would pray such specific things for and against things in our life. She would call things out and she would constantly reinforce the Savior in our lives every time she was able to get a word in. What you do matters. My, my parents have been asked several times, um, how did you have four boys, um, and, uh, and many of them all go into ministry? Because we understand we don't have a history of ministers in our family. We got a bunch of military, but we don't have ministers. We don't have people in full-time vocational service or anything. My dad was a Marine for heaven's sakes, okay? I mean, come on, listen. You're not producing a whole lot of religious peeps from there, okay? Um, simplify. All right. So when mom and dad were asked about that, you know what they, they would always say, and they'll still say it today. They said, we have no idea. We have no idea how, how God did what he did. All we knew to do was pray. We just prayed. We got on our knees and we prayed. 
Nothing of eternal consequence happens apart from prayer. The prayers of moms, man, they're a sweet incense, sweet aroma to our loving fathers. He just loves hearing that. Don't stop being you. Do you realize that mom taught us over and over the life of Jesus and the power of Jesus? In every circumstance, I remember we're fighting. Like, there's my brother's four boys. There's significant fights. It's like, it's like, like Buffalo, like hit it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. And there were moments like, and we didn't even realize, but mom was like even teaching us like spiritual warfare during that, during that time. And you're like, well, how did she teach you? Well, when you got to, like these grown teenage boys just going at it, face fight, like all this kind of stuff, you know what mom would do? In the name of Jesus, stop. Satan, get out of here. Some of you do that, right? And get out of here. Like we're learning significant spiritual warfare even in that moment. She's like inserting the sword of the spirit and like separating us and it's crazy. Moms, I know it's not easy. Listen, I do. I know it's not easy and I know uh, that sometimes there's moments that you feel like giving up, but you're doing eternal work. You really are. And Jesus sees you even in the most broken parts of your heart. He sees you and he hears your cry. It's not falling on deaf ears. Your contribution is meaningful. It's holy. And I promise you, it's not, it's not for nothing. It's not in vain. Keep going. Last and final thing is, is God not only commissioned people, not, God not only crafted moms, but God, do you realize, also celebrated moms. Celebrated moms. You know why? Because moms, you're worth celebrating. And for those that, that don't understand uh, understand this. I, I want you to understand that the God of the universe decided to put and insert this celebration in Ephesians chapter 6. So when the God of the universe says something, it's worth paying attention to, obviously, but he actually pays specific attention to parents, and moms, you're part of this, to be willing to honor them for a lifetime. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, and look at these few verses that follow, verse three verses, verses one to three, it says this, children, obey your parents. And I know you hear that all the time. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Okay, so let me explain what's happening here. This passage right here presents the nuclear family. The nuclear family. When you look at Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about husbands and wives, okay? So the nuclear family starts there, and then they have children. And so in chapter 6, at the beginning of chapter 6, you have this passage, and it says, hey, uh, a passage with promise. If children, if you're a part of this, there's a blessing on the other side of it. There's a blessing on the other side of it. If we really listen to what God is saying and adhere and follow and obey, uh, children, here's the nuclear family. Children, obey your parents. If you obey your parents and honor your parents, that's the first component. Husbands, love your wives 
not provoking your children to wrath. Wives, respect and submit to your husbands. Be a part of the creative order and the creative plan of what God is doing. This is the nuclear family. Now, children, now I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be very frank with you, okay? This was hard for me and, I, and this may be hard for you, I don't know. Children, there's only one time in, in scripture that you no longer have to follow that first part. You're like, really? Yes. You know when it is? When you start your own nuclear family. When God brings that spouse into your life, it says you leave your mother and father, meaning you create and now sit under the authority that God has given you directly under God. So now your authority is God himself. Mom and dad's trained you their, your whole life. Obey your mom and dad so that one day you can obey God's voice. There's a training that's going on. So when you start your own family, that first part, you begin to make decisions for your family. You begin to make, but you know what? The second part, children, it says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Notice there's uh, around here, there's no if you do this or if they do that. Meaning, meaning it doesn't say honor your father and mother if they're a good father and mother. Honor your father and mother if they, they give you this or they make, make, you know, make this for you or they uh, make your life easier or if they give you the stuff that you want or um, none of that. It doesn't say honor your father and mother as long as they're not this kind of person or that kind of person or this kind of failing dad or that kind of failing dad. God's going, I want you to know that the significance of mom and dad, regardless of their performance, is worthy of honor. It's worthy of honor. For the very role that they played, however insignificant you may think it is, God says it's worthy of honor. And if you do that, man, there's blessing. There's promise on the other side. I'm not saying that mom and dads are perfect. I'm the first to raise my hand and say, man, I failed countless times as a dad. And moms, there's probably many, many fails along the way that you've had in your child's life. But what I'm saying is, is isn't it great that our savior is bigger than all of our failures. He's bigger than all the mistakes that we make as parents, moms, all those mistakes, guess what? They're all redeemable. There's nothing lost. There's nothing so far gone. Moms, you're worthy to be honored this morning. And you're significant. You are your contribution, even though you don't see it, I promise you, it's impacted millions upon millions upon millions all through time, all through time. You've impacted so many people. You've changed the course of history in so many ways. There are tear-filled nights I know that you've had praying for your children, praying for your son or your daughter. Moms, please don't stop being the Elizabeth in saying no. Saying, no, you cannot have my 
child. No, world, you shut your mouth. I am fighting and standing on the name of Jesus, and I will not quit until my last breath because God's wired me for that. God has wired you for that. God has made you specifically you for this call, for this reason. Don't stop.